We're here to do the best we can to help you or a loved one to know there is hope to end the nightmares of addiction, as well as local resources to help in your journey of recovery. Do not stop any medical therapies prescribed by your doctor or attempt anything we discuss without consulting a medical profession. Good evening and welcome to Recovering Hope. My name is Mark Markley. A pleasure to be here with you this evening, this last Wednesday and last program for 2020. I know we're all going to be sad to see this year go by, um, but good things are coming. But we're here to, to share with you the, the hope that is real for drug and alcohol addiction. I often say drug and alcohol, but obviously alcohol is a drug. By the way, my guest here, Wayne Ray. Evening, Ray. Hello, Mark. Wayne. <laughs> See, I do that sometimes with him, and he calls me Markley. Um, yeah, we're here to, to do our best to share the resources, the experiences that, that some of us have had, either personally or with family members, uh, regarding uh, severe addiction, and to let you know, again, through personal experiences, which are all different, that there is hope in and for recovery. Uh, tonight we're going to um, review a couple of things here. I guess I should have brought up my notes before the microphone went on. Um, a little bit from last week, as I typically do here. Um, last, week, uh, last week, my special guest was me. <laughs> I reviewed some of the content from previous episodes and gave some examples slash definitions of hope. A little bit about PTSD and a few other topics. One of the last things I talked about was something that Wayne brought to my attention uh, that a police a fire chief uh, began doing in West Virginia, what they call a first responder team. I put the question out there last week if there was anything like that here, and I think God must have been tuned in because tonight we're going to learn about what is called Wilmington's Quick Response Team. A couple of weeks ago, I contacted Tony McEwen. He is the Legislative Affairs Director here in Wilmington, as well as the mayor's office, in an effort to, to learn what our local government is doing about the opioid pandemic. It just so happened that Mr. McEwen got back to me on a Sunday night, of all things, on a holiday week um, the other day, and, and he'll fill us in on the QRT, or Quick Response Team, and much more. A little later in the program, we'll hear from Mayor Bill Sappho. I really look forward to us learning what the city is doing and perhaps what we can do together to combat this enemy of humanity. And uh, that's it from last week. And now, once again, um, Wayne, I really appreciate you taking the time, this uh, extraordinarily busy time of year, which is probably about 364 and a half days for you, I would think. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, how many recovery homes are you running? Well, I'm uh, affiliated with um, – we have – in. Between Myrtle Beach and South Carolina and southeastern North Carolina, we have 19 recovery residences. 19. Yeah. Wow. I'm running one in a small construction company, and there's barely enough time in the day for me. So I, I do appreciate you taking the time here. I don't know if I'm running any of them. I think they're running me. <laughs> okay. But I try to encourage people that, yeah. are, that are living in the homes as much as I can. 
Well, I noticed at lunch yesterday, you know, about every two minutes, I mean, you don't even look at your phone. I see your phone lighting up left and right, but I guess you, you learn to kind of ignore it or you know when it's somebody that you have to respond to. But uh, I hope my wife is listening because uh, she would like to hear your she, – she always is on me about answering that phone for sure. Uh-huh. Well, again, <laughs> prioritize. I know if, if your wife was calling because I, I see that caller ID, you know, then you got to stop everything. That's right. But, uh, but, yeah, some of the things that we spoke about yesterday um, – some of the things I'd like to bring up again today and now with um, you know, talking with city officials here this evening, we want to talk about some of the things that to learn what, what they are doing, what perhaps we can come alongside them to do and vice versa, you know, to make it a, a real community effort. Uh, but some of the topics of recovery residences that you and I discussed was the certification that um, too few homes here have, and you happen to be one of the few that does. Why don't you explain a little bit about what the certification is, Wayne? Okay. Um, if uh, the, the city looks at us, like, I think their definition is group support home. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, um, uh, those of us around the country that, are, um, that have um, been involved in this for quite some time, and in February we'll have our 20th year anniversary at the launch pad, and that's what mm-hmm. I work for is the launch pad. Mm-hmm. But, um, so we, we call ourselves, instead of group support homes, recovery residences. And, um, right. and so there has been a movement. It started in Florida. It, it, it very quickly picked up in California, Arizona, um, uh, I think Indiana, um, Ohio, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. But um, a movement to move um, recovery residences and, and to have a certification for these mm-hmm. re- residences yeah. and um, some accreditation and, mm-hmm. and to have certain standards. So yeah. if someone is referring someone to a – recovery residents mm-hmm. um, from like a detox or an emergency room or a social worker or even a residential treatment center, they're, refer- they're um, referring someone, they need to know exactly um, what type and is there any, any standards. Right. Because for a long time, there were no standards. Yeah. Um, so we decided to, um, to kind of um, start the credit amongst ourselves about having different standards. There's different levels um, so I'm a member, and Launchpad is a member of the National Association of Recovery Residences. And mm-hmm. our state chapter is called North Carolina Association of Recovery Residences. You can find mm-hmm. them online. Yep. Um, but So they meet from time to time, and we have ethical codes, just like mm-hmm. social workers, um, psychologists, just um, nurses, medical um, personnel have ethical codes. Mm-hmm. So you, the recovery homes have to meet certain standards. You have different levels depending on what services that you offer. Right. Um, so we've, we're uh, in a growth period to try to get um, more people in our state that re- run that, um, that have recovery residences to join up yeah. and in a, in a movement to maybe get um, the legislature's attention that we're doing mm-hmm. a good job of this and what's our next step with that. So, um, and I could talk all night about any of these topics, no. Mark, as you know. <laughs> but I'm excited about this particular topic. Yeah, well, good. And so am I. And, and I think that it is a good thing to have. I'm beginning the process at your recommendation. I, I know I looked into it a few years ago when we started. And for some reason, I just, I just put it down. But I was surprised that, um, you know, we decided, okay, let's see if we can open up a recovery residence. I had no idea what it took. So I went down to the zoning department. I found out that's who you have to talk to first. That's right. And it was really, that was the only thing. They didn't check my credit. They didn't check 
my background. They, you know, there was nothing. They just wanted to make sure there was smoke alarms, uh, fire extinguishers, the lights were, you know, and it was livable. They asked us to touch up the paint here and there, but I, and that's not a good thing. I don't think, um, you know, no, no qualifications. Like what are my qualifications to run this house? Well, quite frankly, I didn't have any. My son had the qualifications with his experience in recovery and he did a very good job as, as our first manager there. But, um, when I looked at some of the things on NARS website, every single thing there that I saw, I agreed with completely. It's treating your, your members respectfully, um, equitably, um, and just things that any, any business with, with integrity is going to do. I don't think there's anything above and beyond or anything unreasonable there. So how does somebody uh, determine if they are, are looking into sending their, their son or daughter or for themselves? How do they know if they are NAR certified? Well, you, 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 the, the recovery residents will have a certification that they can show whoever is, is mm-hmm. trying to refer. Okay. In some states, there's actually a law that if you are a, um, if you're an individual therapist or social worker or um, treatment center or, and you ref, are referring mm-hmm. to a recovery residence that is not NAR certified, it, it's actually against the law. It's a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. So, it's, um, so they're really, really strict in some states about this. Mm-hmm. But it is very important that we, you know, that recovery residences um, take our place at the table when you're looking at substance use disorder. Yeah. For years, you know, cities across our state had – had the city halfway house and uh, with the stigmatization that came along with that. Mm. And they somehow, yeah, you can always go to the halfway house if you're um, kind of reminds me of the joke um, of the, um, my friend Tab Ballas tells this joke and it's, it's really, uh, it speaks to, to, to the stigma of, of alcoholism and mm-hmm. addiction. But um, so they're, they're at a funeral. Uh, it's, it's probably a place in the South and, um, the, the 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 man has passed away and um, he had a long term um, career of alcoholism mm-hmm. and he finally passed away from um, from alcoholism and he's in his casket and his his wife is is standing beside the casket and people are coming through and speaking to her offering their condolences mm-hmm. and um, one of them says to her um, did he ever try AA and um, Alcoholics Anonymous and um, the lady looks at, at the other lady and goes no it never got that bad. <laughs> and so it's wow. kind of, but he was well preserved they probably didn't have to embalm him right right, right. so it's kind of like that with halfway houses recovery houses uh three-quarter houses five-eighths recovery residents sober <laughs> houses whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them mm-hmm. but we've evolved a, a great deal you know and we we're trying with this nationwide movement mm-hmm. to um to govern ourselves with these accreditations mm-hmm. through state uh, chapters and then being um being uh, monitored by our national chapter, which is NAR. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a big convention every year, and uh, we continue to evolve, and a lot of the state um, representatives and congressmen are attending our uh, conferences, and it's just growing and growing and growing. We're really excited Mm -hmm. about the future of it. And when I was reading about that, I think it was today, um, the certifications are not um, presented by NAR nationally. It's it's the affiliates that – provide the certification. I wasn't sure what that meant. I couldn't find, okay, then who are the affiliates? 
Um, do you know? Well, NCAR is North Carolina. It's like a right. North Carolina Association of Recovery Residences. Mm-hmm. South Carolina has, uh, this is funny, SCAR, S-C-A-R, <laughs> South Carolina Association uh-huh. of Recovery. Virginia has VAR, Virginia Association of oh, Recovery yeah. Residences. Okay. So it kind of goes along when appropriate with the name of the state. But every mm-hmm. state has one. And they actually come out unannounced and do an insight, on-site inspection of the house. They look through the records. They they have uh, they're allowed to look at some banking, mm-hmm. um, and and you know there's certain ethical codes like the residents um, have to have a right to uh, they have to have be able to have some sort of voice mm-hmm. in in what goes on in the house. Um, mm-hmm. There's different um, guidelines as far as uh, medically assisted recovery, right. um, known um, by known uh, as maintenance in some circles right. as medically assisted um, mm-hmm. treatment. Mm-hmm. We call it medically assisted recovery. That mm-hmm. would be people that are um, that are maybe um, using um, Suboxone or Subutex or Methadone oh, or yeah. um, to help their recovery. And mm-hmm. Vivitrol is another mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, something occurred to me on the on the MAR medical assisted recovery. The use of something like kratom. I know that that's taboo. You can't use it. You know, if you do, you get thrown out. We've had to both do that, I'm sure. But I've spoken to a lot of people that have found that to be effective. Effective but at what? Effective at helping to reduce cravings, helping to, to take that edge off. Not Again, I don't think any of these should be for very long term, but it makes me wonder if that is not one of the medications that are used because it's, it's not prescribed. It's, right. it's not a drug. You, and you can buy it in the stores. You go down the street, you know, create them here. Create them, you know. What's your it, opinion it, on that? It's... You you never know what you're gonna get. It's not regulated in any form. It's not. Yeah, well, that's. I true. mean, the doctor does not prescribe like five milligrams, ten milligrams. Yeah, right, right. It's right. all, and you're buying it from you know fifty different mm. uh, producers so that quality control that mixed it up in their right. shed and or possibly in <laughs> yeah, the backyard, right, right. Yeah. and um, you know, and, and presented it for sale in mm. the neighborhood store um, under the guise of of this will help you with your detox. I've seen mm. just as much harm done. It's very addictive. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, uh, I just, um, well, the people in my office just attended a funeral of a young man wow. who, um, that was his drug of choice, became wow. his drug of choice, Kratom. Wow. Uh, man was 42 years old. Um, when I met him uh, a couple of years ago, very, very strong um, fellow. And he, you know, when I last saw him, he had turned yellow as a um, result of his liver failing because, oh, wow. of, because of, of Kratom. Kratom. Yeah, you never know oh, what's wow. in it, really. Wow. I mean, I understand there's been some success, and some you yeah. have a placebo effect of thinking that you're taking some. Right. You know, there's right. that argument. I'm, I don't want to get too much into yeah. saying this is going to work, this isn't going to work. Yeah. But I do think it, it probably should not be legal mm-hmm. as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you had a producer that was – you could really tell what exactly was in it. Almost and, like some kind of a certification. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, you know, mm. a, approved mm. by the, you know, the FDA. And, right. Um, right. Maybe if there was more of that involved, mm. you know, I would, but I don't take it seriously as a yeah. detox medication. Okay. Yeah. Just personally. Curious. It occurred to me the other day and, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, non-drugs, holistic things that you can buy at the health food stores. I don't know if Kratom is in health food stores. Probably not. Maybe it should be. Um, that can take the place of a drug, which which can do more damage and become addicting, and it's expensive. So, um, well, with that, we are just about up at our first break, and then we look forward to getting a call from uh, Mr. Tony McEwen. 
And I've got some questions for him. I'm sure you do, too. And, folks, if you've got questions, well, you know what? You can't call in with them because we can only handle one caller at a time here. So I won't give you that, that call-in number, but if you're watching on Facebook, you can punch in a question there, and uh, we'll do our best to get to you. Text. We'll be right back. Don't go away. That's right. Text me. This pain. I wonder And good uh, evening. I almost said good morning. I usually to do the show in the morning. Uh, my name is Mark Markley, and you are listening to Recovering Hope. My special guest here in the studio is Wayne Ray of Launchpad. And, um, and we do have a couple of minutes with some phone lines open if you wanted to call. Um, no, you better not, because then it'll be busy for my next caller. I'm sorry, but they were having some problems with their phones, and um, don't want that to happen. So where did we leave off? We were talking a little bit about Kratom there and, 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 and what your wish list is. So one of the things that we would like to, and, and folks, if you have questions, you know, those that are listening, um, that you would like us to bring up to the city officials, um, a lot of you probably know a lot more going on here than, uh, than I do about what's happening in the city, um, you can always email them to me. Uh, a good email address is mark at recoveringhope.org. I didn't even know I had that email address until a few days ago. Um, it's pretty easy. The name of the show is Recovering Hope. So mark at recoveringhope.org. Ask a question, whether you want to direct it to me or to Wayne. Um, we'd love to, uh, to, to take advantage of, of their time and, and to make the most of this. You know, Wayne and I aren't doing this because we have nothing else to do. We, we want to make a difference in the community, and hopefully this is one of many venues that, that are doing that. Uh, before we get on the phone with Tony, um, Anything from you there, Wayne, or you, you got a, a wish list that that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, it's, it's 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 the it's Chris, it's New Year's Eve Eve. That's right tonight. So I thought about our everybody's getting their resolutions. <laughs> uh, maybe if you come from Port City, you're getting your one word ready. There you go. That's, uh, that's right. What we've been doing today, but yeah, I'll talk yeah. about that later. I think we okay. got a caller. Yes, do we? we do. Okay, Tony, you there? Hello, Tony, you there? Yeah. Hey, this is, this is Tony. I think I've got Buffy Taylor on the line as well. Oh, did you say that you have Buffy on the line as well? I do. Yes, sir. Oh, there. hello, Buffy. How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you doing? All right. I think you know our guest here, Wayne. Didn't you say you know Buffy, Wayne? Hey, Buffy. Oh, hey, Wayne. How's yeah, it going? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Well, I appreciate that you two were able to work out this uh this high technology, two people on the same line thing, or did you go to the mountains too, Buffy? No, no, no I'm Buffy. <laughs> okay. Well, let me see. Yeah, I, I hope you've got us okay. Yes, yes, we do. It, it sounds fine. Um, just real quickly, uh, Pamela Campbell uh, from Community One says hello. I was speaking to her, her earlier today. I told her what we were doing. Um, and I just want to read uh, a short paragraph here, um, Tony and, and Buffy. And I think this is a good intro to what you're doing. Um, I took this off of, um, I think I did when I did some research on QRT. Um, the October 2016 death of Mason Morgan Richardson, who was riding in a car, stopped at the intersection of Shipyard Boulevard and Oleander Drive when a car was rear-ended at full speed by one driven by Jonathan Hayes is widely viewed as the event that galvanized political will among Wilmington area legislators. 
At the scene of the accident, Hayes was revived with naloxone, and this is the killer, for the fourth time. And that's and this was a killer, um, and it was so unfortunate. Is this what precipitated uh, QRT, folks? I, I would I would agree with that, yes. Um, it, very much so. I mean, that, that allowed us, um, you know, it was an incredibly unfortunate um, mm. event. I mean, a, a, a young child lost their life and a family mm-hmm. uh, just kind of turned upside down as well as the community at large turned upside down. Yeah. But I do believe, and I, I think Buff, Buffy would support me in this, is, is I think through that tragedy, I think there's uh, been countless lives and families saved. Um, yeah. and so, um, you know, it's, uh, not to be over the top, but I think that Mason's legacy lives on in our community. Mm-hmm. A lot of people through that tragedy, uh, I think have, have found help. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the amazing work, uh, that, that Buffy and her team at Coastal Horizons has, has undertaken, uh, to take this ball and run with it, uh, has been nothing short of a, of a life-saving blessing in our community. But, um, you know, Mark, if you'd like me to give a little backstory uh, about how, how we got here from there uh, after that tragedy, I'd be happy to do so. When, yes, please. When you'd like for me to. Yeah, and speaking of Coastal so, Horizons, uh, Kenny House is going to be our guest next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, please go ahead, Kenny. Um, fill us in. And we, we want you guys to, to let us what, what you think, not only that we need to know, but that the community wants to know. So um, we've only got a, yeah, about uh, six, seven minutes here. Uh, before uh, the mayor calls, so we don't want to hold him up. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and, and Buffy, let's try to steal all Kenny's talking points uh, before he comes. Up. So I uh, just real quick before uh, Buffy uh, goes into the program details. Shortly after that tragedy, um, the mayor uh, and, and, and myself, working on his behalf, started to build a group of you know our, our district attorney, our, our chief of police, sheriff. Um, uh, mental health professionals uh, from uh, places like Coast Horizons, RAJ, and others started to have meetings searching for uh, an innovative solution. Uh, and Olivia Herndon uh, in the, uh, the group at CHAC had, yes. had brought to our attention this, um, this uh, quick response team model based out of uh, Colerain Township, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we built upon that and, and, um, and, and took that to our legislative uh, allies, uh, namely Representative Ted Davis. Um, and worked, uh, I worked at the legislature with him and other legislators to try and secure money to make this happen. We ultimately were uh, received a half a million dollars to run a two-year program, uh, and that money was, was appropriated directly to the city of Wilmington, and we subcontracted out uh, to, to Coastal Horizons to mm-hmm. uh, kind of run with it, and the city had been managing the program up to this point. Uh, and now that money has since run out, uh, the city, the county, and I'm sure the mayor will touch on this in United Way as well, have partnered to extend that program at least another six months. Uh, and we had got another uh, half million dollars in the budget that was vetoed last year. And we're going to be working to bring more money to keep this program going in perpetuity. So mm-hmm. um, so that's the background. Okay, great. And uh, Buffy, what's your role in this? Um, I am uh, the supervisor of the quick response team um so i'm the team lead on that and so um it's myself as i'm a, a licensed uh, clinical social worker and mm-hmm. another 
another clinician and um, peer support. And I think that that's really what has made our model so successful is that we, we have peer support. And so if you didn't know that what peer support are, they're people who have lived experience maybe with uh, mental health or their own addiction and mm -hmm. they have their own recovery um, but they're able to have that lived experience and be able to really spend time with overdose survivors and really build that rapport and the relationships that are so necessary um, to really assist in linking those overdose survivors to get connected to treatment. Yeah. And um, they are just absolutely vital. Uh, it's just a really good team that we, we have right now. Um, and our main role, um, as Tony was saying, is, is really to help connect people to treatment. And we've seen that in Wilmington, it just is, it's such an issue. It's still an ongoing issue. Yes. Um, and, uh, especially, especially throughout this pandemic. Um, yeah. and it's, I think the holidays can be really rough on people. Yes. And so we are just really trying to be there, um, for our community to let them know that we are still here and we, I love the program because we are also able to connect people to, um, you know, to Coastal Horizons. You know, mm -hmm. of course, that, that's, uh, you know, I'm biased and I love Coastal Horizons, but, um, but it's also to, we can connect overdose survivors to inpatient treatment, outpatient mm -hmm. treatment, other services in our, in our community we work with, um, and even within housing and, you know, Wayne could speak to that. Um, but that's just been so helpful to see what's going to actually work for that person because um, different things work for different people. Absolutely. Um, well, from what I read here, you've had a very good track record. I mean, the first year, 80% of the people that, that came in contact uh, with, uh, with CRT went through treatment, and it was 90% in year two. So that speaks for itself. I think Wayne has something that he'd, he'd definitely like to ask you. We spoke about this uh, off the uh, off mic during the break about you know what happens after you know you have helped these people who have overdosed. Oh, I was just um, go ahead, go ahead, Buffy. Okay, I was I was gonna uh, speak to to that is that that's where our peer support um, really come into play, and so mm -hmm. um, you know they're able to provide those wraparound services. Um, to maybe help people get to treatment and remove any barriers that can help them maintain treatment. Mm -hmm. The main goal of Quick Response Team is just to connect people to treatment. And right. do we, you know, continue on with them afterward, providing therapy or IOP or making sure that they're going, um, you know, and, and kind of, you know, maintaining recovery and preventing any um, any continuing overdoses mm -hmm. yeah we do but that's yeah, sure. the part of quick response team is is that major connection to treatment yeah and, I think, and, I think, and mark if i yeah. could add you know to buffy's credit her team's credit uh, credit mm -hmm. of the model you know these aren't just average folks who have had substance use disorder issues by and large these are folks that have actively overdosed right and right. not only that uh buffy can can share the data these are folks to take could be 10 contact before they get into any type of treatment so that's a void in the community yeah. that just was not being filled until this program came on yeah well that's excellent well, I'm, 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 I'm so glad yeah, to hear that um yeah because i mean um if, if if we were to to break that down i think especially in the first like fiscal year, it was maybe two or three times, you know, that we would contact somebody mm -hmm. on average 
mm-hmm. before they engaged in treatment. And I mean, upwards now we're looking at like, you know, 10 to 15 times. Sometimes it takes a month sometimes, you know, and that's what I'm talking about with the peer support people who are able to really spend time um, that, with individuals and, and the barriers with like a lot of people, folks we're working with don't have phones and yeah. um, let alone smartphones to, right, to be able right. to talk to, or, I mean, and they possibly don't have homes and mm. um, you know, it, it just has made it a little bit more challenging. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll tell you guys, I would love to um, possibly put a meeting together. Um, we can talk, you know, off air, possibly tomorrow. I don't know, but maybe sometime next week, the following week. Um, I, don't, I can't speak for Wayne, but I can make myself available. You know, do a sit down to, I, I want to be able to use this medium to, to make it ours. This isn't mine. This is the community's the way I see it. Um, and anything else that we can do, you know, to, to integrate and, 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 um, and improve upon something that's already working very well. Um, but maybe there's other things that we can do. Absolutely. I'd be open to it. Okay. Yeah, same here. Very good. I appreciate y'all, what y'all are doing. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you guys very much. And, and Tony, especially, you know, you're, you're on vacation, so now you can hang up the phone and say, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and, uh, and Buffy, thank you. That was a nice surprise to have you come in. And um, we're yeah, expecting to yeah. hear from the mayor shortly, so we're going to uh, probably skip thank that you. break. Well, okay. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you. Happy, happy New, Year. New Year. Thank you very much. Bye. Happy New Year to you both. And, um, yeah, I think that we might just skip this break if that's okay with the man there. And, uh, yeah, TK gives me the thumbs up on that. So, um, yeah, we'll just keep on going because I don't want the mayor to be getting a busy signal. Uh, uh, TK, I don't know what number he's calling from, so whoever's the next caller, that's probably him. Um, but, yeah, some, some good points. In it. And it, it was, a, a you know, when I looked up, and anybody else can do this too, but I, you know, did a little homework there. And um, this quick response team um, – at 80% of the people that they came into contact with went through treatment. And I think you were saying, Wayne, people that, that do get revived from Narcan, of course they're in a, well, I shouldn't say of course, but um, they are in a very bad state of mind because it automatically puts them into withdrawals, you were saying. Right. So it's not exactly the time to say, oh, hey, by the way, buddy, you ready to go into treatment? <laughs> you know, do you want to stop this pattern? Right. You know, no, they're just thinking about, not being sick and, and, in, and in withdrawals. But one of the things that I think you wanted to get across, um, and, and again, we, 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 I think we've opened a door here, I hope, um, that after that initial quick response team comes in, perhaps gets them into treatment, um, the follow-up after that, and getting them into a qualified recovery residence. And that is something where, and we should be hearing maybe in a couple of weeks um, from Community One, which is an organization that works at New Hanover County Jail. Um, Pamela Campbell, sweet woman. Oh, I talked to her over the phone. She's just so nice and, and so full of love. And she has a heart for these men. She says when she's at work, that's her church. I mean, she, she tells the inmates about God left and right, whether you want to hear it or not. She's, she's going to share. But, um, but the things that they do, I know that, I know that when Tony started that program, they were, I think, putting people in recovery residences, they were going to, it never happened with us. I don't know if it ever happened with you, but they were going to pay for that. I think the first three months of their housing provide transportation to and from work. So I don't know if that's what's happening there. We'll, we'll know in coming weeks, but you know, that's important. You get guys that call you, especially coming right out of jail. I mean, what do they got? You know, it's like they've, they've got the clothes on their back, maybe a little bit more. Um, 
and and it's it's really hard to place them. But if they if they want a chance, they want the recovery. And, and there's organizations like this, like I've been saying, the 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 real pandemic is is the drug addiction. I think, and there are funds available as we've seen. Well, just print more. You know, they're doing it for so many other things. They're doing it for oh gosh, I don't know some of the crazy things that were in this this uh, bailout. Um, but I, I do believe that the funds are there if they are properly spent, not to go to just, you know, any place that, that does not have at least a good track record. And with, with addiction and, and treatment, there's a shortage of um, research that's done to prove what works and what doesn't work. Right. I was excited to hear Buffy's statistics that um, 80% of the people that they engaged with actually completed treatment. I wasn't right. aware of that. Yeah. In fact, before I heard that, I was, um, and I'm still in favor of what I'm going to say um, before the mayor calls. Mm. Um, I, if I had a, a wish list um, for what, how we could make things better and save live, more lives from the, um, the overdose rate, um, I would be uh, much in favor of uh, involuntary commitment for mm-hmm. for an overdose survivor who had who had just been brought back with the use of resuscitated yeah. with Narcan uh-huh. to maybe um, because everyone that I've seen I've been on the scene uh, quite a few mm-hmm. um, um, reversals and none of them at that point have been um, willing to go to the hospital. Mm. Um, some of them I I know for a fact left there and passed away. Um, so I don't, I mean, the 80% thing is really encouraging. Uh, they get in touch with them later. And like Mm. she said, some of them don't have a phone, how to get in touch with them and, Mm. um, et cetera. I would be in favor of, I mean, an, an opiate, a person who is a, an opiate, um, an overdose survivor person who has opioid use disorder, um, their biggest fear is uh, when they're using is running out and going right. into withdrawal, right. getting sick. Yeah. So that is the the big fear that right. they, whatever they don't want to have to go through that. It's a really, really sick, sick feeling. And they'll do anything to avoid it. They, they will mm-hmm. go to a lot of desperate links. Yeah. And um, if you could just get them, pa- help them pass the, the three, four five days mm. on the other side of that, a couple of things would happen. One, they would be through the sickness, um, Two, they would be they'd be able to pass a drug test at that right, point. Right. Three, um, you know, maybe at that point they could have been um, um, administered some some support and be willing to um, to t- take it a, take their um, recovery a, a step mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, this IVC that I envision would would have to be a locked facility though, and I think I get some some um, some blowback from <laughs> some of my <laughs> my. Uh, my um, clinical social work friends with mm-hmm. that. But, um, and what's IVC uh, involuntary commitment? Oh, okay. Because if yeah, you yeah. ever seen someone that's mm. coming back from being, um, you know, a, a, an overdose, resuscitated, seen, yeah. Yeah. An overdose no, survivor yeah. right at that second. Um, I mean, they, they really are mentally incapacitated. They do not have the capacity to make a good choice right. at that point. Right. right. All right. Well, you know what folks, we're going to take a short break here and, um, I want to give Bill a call, see if he's forgotten. <laughs> I'm sure he's a busy man too, but we'll we'll see what we can do about getting the mayor on the phone. We'll be right back.
Oh, yeah, the old construction bumper music. Good old Buster Poindexter. Welcome back to Recovering Hope. My name is Mark Markley. My special guest, if you don't recognize him, well, not everybody is on Facebook, is Wayne Ray with Launchpad Wellness. And um, we're expecting a call from the mayor. I, I know he's a pretty busy guy, and he may have gotten sidetracked here, but um, fear not. We've got plenty to discuss um, and as a matter of fact, oh, I was going to say we can open up the phone lines, but we can't. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Um, but Wayne, uh, go ahead. Just, you know, from the hip, you know, things that are important. I mean, you know, again, we're just talking off air about, you know, some of the things that we discussed with Buffy and Tony here, um, things that we would like to see happen. There are a lot of things that the city is, that, that they are doing, um, but perhaps not getting enough input from people, especially like you, but like me also being new in the business, um, those that are around uh, people in recovery almost every day. And and I think that a lot of the things I was involved, she mentioned, uh, Buffy mentioned um, Olivia Herndon, who was um, who is involved with CHEC, and they had um, an organization they were putting together right around the same time that we were opening up Prodigal um, uh, I forget what they called it, but it, it was, uh, they did a great job to bring a lot of people together. But I think a lot of things, you know, they kind of look good on paper. It's it's getting them, you know, getting the boots on the ground, as they say, putting things into real action, possibly measurable action. I, I shared with you yesterday at lunch that after we were opened up for about a year, year and a half, I looked through my list of the men that I knew. Uh, well, well, any men that were in our home, and out of about 40 of them, one-third were doing well. That's measurable. You know, um, I, I mention very often here that there's a lot of money being spent on COVID. Perhaps a lot of it is necessary. I think a lot of it is being, you might as well just throw it in the garbage. But throwing money at this is not necessarily the answer either. I think it's the human element, right, connection. Uh, getting people together, um, perhaps, you know, and working with the families. I know, you know, a lot of parents, you know, once their son or daughter is in the home, it, it is a feeling of relief, I can tell you that from experience. Um, but a lot of them think that, well, that's it, we're done. And I, I think that you had said it's it's one thing to continue to, if you're enabling your son or daughter, um, before they're doing anything about recovery is one thing, but if they're in it, then they should come alongside them. And I agree with that. Yeah. I believe um, that, you know, um, substance use disorder is a clinical term, but I often call Mm -hmm. it addiction, but the family member, it's a family disease. I always say dis ease. Mm -hmm. It's a family. And, and, and uh, my friend Tab Ballas, again, he's a, he's a local um, therapist, incredible Mm -hmm great therapist. He was my mm-hmm. clinical supervisor as I came along. Mm-hmm. He said that if, if he has, if theoretically, if he had a family and there were like, like five family members, they had one identified patient, like the person that actively had the, the, um, substance use disorder, but maybe there was only enough money for one of the family members to be seen by a therapist or a counselor, mm-hmm. you know, he, and so they asked him, which one would he choose to, to try to help, it wouldn't be the one using the drugs. It would be mm-hmm. one of the other family members that was actually enabling them mm-hmm. to continue to use the drugs. And, mm-hmm. and Tab always says, follow the money. Yeah. But, um, 
that and and resources in our town or in many towns is the most underserved population um is family members of people with substance use disorder yeah. there's yeah. there's almost nothing um to help those people and yeah. when you can help the family it ultimately results in on the person uh, that actually has the substance use disorder being helped. Yeah. Now I know with with the opioid epidemic, it's like, do we have time to do that? You know, um, we're right. we're. I mean, right. a h- incredible amount of um, effort has been been spent on with this this um, this QRT response team um, has been put on that and and other things. But I hope they're measuring it. It sounds like they are. Right. Uh, so much, so many times in our our, like I said, there's uh, there's way less research done on what works with addiction treatment than yeah. probably any other things. A lot mm. of things that that don't have much um, success that people mm. are continuing to try. Right, right. And um, it's it's very um, disappointing to a lot of us that been, have been around this for a while is why they keep trying the same old things that don't have much success. And I think a lot of people mistakenly think that, and it's understandable that if it's expensive, it'll work. Right. You know, the, the you know, $50,000 a month places in Malibu where you get the massages and the caviar. I guess they don't serve champagne there, but, um, <laughs> might. you know, yeah, they might. Yeah. They believe um, you're cured. So perhaps, uh, right. Let's celebrate. You did your 30 bit. days. Right. Um, but it's not necessarily a matter of, of the money. It's like I said before, it, it, it's community, it's connection. Um, and, and just the, the importance of people, you know, just somebody around them that cares. Yeah, and COVID has has taken away from that. Um, COVID is, I mean, initially back in March, I mean, the churches, which most of the meetings that that I mean, people with addiction, it's often there's a great TED talk, uh, and I think you said the word connection a while ago, but the mm. TED talk is, and you can look it up online. It's a wonderful TED talk about how the opposite of of uh, addiction is not sobriety. The op- opposite of addiction is connection. Right. And so we were meeting and people that, that had have substance use disorders of all ages, of all amounts of time. And, mm. um, they were typically the meetings are held at churches just because they usually have a nice space. They're yeah. usually very amenable to, to an allowing us, uh, to, to meet there and, mm-hmm. and the different groups of recovery support groups, they pay their way. They pay the church a little bit for allowing them to do that. Mm-hmm. But when COVID hit, it shut down and nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you can't be gathering in groups. Right. And, um, and it was just like everybody run for your life mm, and they mm. left behind people with a mental health diagnosis all mm. around. And even to the point of, uh, in my opinion, this is not a very popular opinion, but, um, uh, but I, I wrote something last week on, um, on a blog. Um, you know, I'm glad that the first responders didn't, um, quit responding. Yeah. You know, I'm glad really that the emergency true. room yeah. and the medical personnel, thank God yeah. for them, mm. because a lot of um, we we were forced to or the agencies were forced to move to Zoom only right. in interaction yeah. with their clients. And, I mean, if you really have boots on the ground, Zoom works for a certain amount of people, yeah. but a certain amount of people, it doesn't. Buffy talked about them not having a phone, yeah. not having Internet service, not having any way to get on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But there's more, and the fastest-growing population with people with substance use disorder is over the age of 55. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't. But it is, and um, hmm. you can look that up. But um, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, um, 
so the fastest growing. So a lot of, of older folks, um, they they are just real. Um, and there's a fair amount of older folks that, that are adept at technology, but there's a fair amount that are scared of it. Yeah. They don't want to try it. Right. And for those people, they still need connection. Mm. So um, what we've tried to do a little bit, some in the community have, and I could, I could name names of those warriors that have been there every day, mm-hmm. cold weather, they have fire pits, uh, mm-hmm. hot weather, they put up tents, uh-huh. you know, the outdoor johns, porta johns, and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to do that at, at the RRC building. I've seen okay. other places up and down um, uh, around Wilmington try to continue that. But there is a shortage mm-hmm. of spots that people can meet legally and um, and safely. And it's right. getting really cold to be meeting outside. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, but like I said, around the fire, you know, men have been – been meeting around healing fires for, for since the beginning of time. Um, but, um, so I I just wanted to point that out that it's really tough being, um, only on zoom. Right. Um, I think that's for the, maybe somebody a little more along in their recovery, but not so much for somebody that's just starting. That's, that's new. Right. Are you still having meetings at the RSC? Yes. Oh, yeah. They have meetings at RSC. We have one there every morning. Um, Uh and then you want to give the times and the 12 step groups. Well, twelve step step groups are there, and um, they're they're there. Um, I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon. They're there um, Mondays at six, Mondays at at eight um, p.m. or a.m. p.m. Uh-huh. All p.m. Okay. Uh, noon and p.m. Is mm-hmm. They're there um, Saturday night at seven, Wednesday night at seven. Um, so there's some of the um, Friday night. Uh, have, uh, at, there's a young people's AA group that meets there at six, I believe, on Friday nights. Okay. And they're they're still meeting. They've been they haven't missed a beat through oh, this. Good. And um, good. You know, thank God for for those folks. And you know, right. they wear masks. They, they I was going to say, up. I'm sure they're practicing oh, yeah. oh, social yeah. distancing and and the masks and all. Um, what does RRC stand for? Recovery Resource Center. Okay, I thought it's recovery 5, was one of the words. 5001 Wrightsville Avenue. Okay. That's where my office is. Okay. And so if you want to know more, people can stop by there. Phone number? Uh, 910-632-2344. Okay. Yeah, and that's um, – now what about other places that are I, – I, I, since I don't go to meetings, I don't know as much. I speak to some of the men in the house. But um, what would you say percentage-wise, the, the amount of meetings that were going on that are going on today, do you know? Um, it's below 50%. That's what I thought. Right. That's what I thought. Um, and it probably got down to, um, below 15% at one time. Wow. What used to be. And a lot Mm. of, a lot of the people that when those meetings were shut down, um, and gatherings, um, you never saw again, Mm. you know, hadn't seen them since. Yeah. Um, and that's never a good sign. Right. Yeah. Well, we got about eight minutes left folks. I think so I'm going to open up the phone lines. Um, we'll excuse the mayor this time. Um, (laughs) Two nine nine seven five three five. If you'd like to join the conversation, got any questions for for Wayne or myself? Um, again, there's there's so much to discuss um, in this. But just as a reminder, um, if you or someone you know is caught in the clutches of addiction, uh, there is hope. Don't let anybody tell you that there isn't. I know that your experiences might tell you that. Whether you're a relative of someone in addiction. Or, or you might be that person right now that just is struggling. You don't know what to do. Making that first call. Um, there, there's the mobile crisis line. Um, I don't have that number in front of me here, but it'd be easy enough to find out if you'd like to call. Um, the number for prodigal recovery is 
888-888-3795. And I always remind people that's an anonymous call. I do not see your number. My caller ID just says prodigal recovery. I showed that to Wayne. We're having lunch yesterday. I said, look, prodigal recovery call. <laughs> um, and, and one reason for that is that's just the way it happened. But it's also because if I'm in the middle of something and I see a prodigal call, I, I, I pretty much stop everything and, and answer that number. So the number here, 299-7535, or you can email us or email me at mark at recoveringhope.org. Um, I'm not the expert that Wayne is here, but as you can see, you know, we work together. Um, and it's, Wayne is just one of many resources in town. There's some on my website. Um, what's your website, Wayne? Um, newlifelaunchpad.com. Yeah, newlifelaunchpad.com. Great resources, very nice website, very comprehensive. Um, you know, anything that we can do here, and we do look forward to getting um, to do a little more or to become more familiar with, with what our community offers, things in the city, things in the county. Um, and and we, we, I don't like reproducing the, the wheel. You know, people are doing things that are working fine. But if, if somehow, you know, a fresh pair of eyes and ears are, are looking at what's going on and um, if, if somehow we can help to make things a little more effective and, and measurably improved, then that's what we want to do. And, and um, you know, whether you want to call now or, or email, any, any tips or suggestions uh, that, that you have out there would be uh, greatly appreciated. Um, uh, I'm out of topics. Why don't you bring something up? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to say, before they put the muzzle on me, I would say uh, I hope that criminal justice, there's a big popular push to decriminalize all drug use. And I certainly agree that if someone has a, um, a felony on their record for uh, for possession of a drug, and they had a drug, a substance use disorder at that time. Then I believe they should be forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, some things may, might need to happen, like they need to be clean for a while. But mm-hmm. I don't believe that should continue to haunt someone. But I don't. I've, I've had so many people tell me that if criminal justice system was not involved in uh, in my recovery, then I I would have never gotten clean. So uh-huh. I hope that you know. It's sometimes you know. My, it's been said, uh, what, how do you teach a, a horse, you know, or an animal? The, you need the carrot and the stick. Right, uh, right. And I think for, for a lot of people that I know personally, you know, mm. they'll, they'll be the first to tell you, if it wasn't for that probation officer, if it wasn't mm. for mm. Um, maybe jail, if it wasn't yeah. for, yeah. even though I think jails could do, we, there's, there's a room, there's a, a topic for a whole, like, uh, month of, um, of, of, of these radio shows mm-hmm. is what's going on at the jail. And they have yeah. the reset program. They have right. other things going on. I'd love right. to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. But I hope the criminal justice system never goes. We really, a lot of people need to be stopped. Yeah. They need, and they'll say that I had to be stopped. Thank yeah. God somebody stopped That's right. me. That's right. Um, so I hope that compassionate help and, um, mm-hmm. you know, you police officers, first responders that have, have, have stopped people, you know, a lot of, of them are still alive today because of, a lot of people um, change behind the walls is what they yeah. call it. But yeah. anyway, well, a couple of more things I wanted sure. to point out. If what I have, like one minute, two minutes, four, four total minutes, okay. four total minutes. So when <laughs> when we turn is a, um, we have an incredible amount of really good providers. If you want help, half of the battle is you showing up. That's right. If you're listening to us, if you have a loved one, a fan, about everybody knows someone now. It's yeah. out of the closet. Someone yeah. with some type of substance use disorder. Mm-hmm. Wilmington have from community mental health. I would call the Mothership Coastal Horizons. Um, 
private mental health, meaning that you actually have insurance, um, Wilmington Treatment Center is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, And all in between, we have um, lots of uh, individual therapists that are great providers. We have RHA, we have PORT, we have, um, uh, I'm probably going to forget, Helping Hand, Mm -hmm. we have Launchpad Wellness, we have, there's there's all kinds of help in Wilmington. The Pavilion. Um, uh, that pavilion mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. doing their IOP here. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the recovery residents. You have the Hope House. Bill Buck has been a pioneer here. You have Stepping Stone. You have Marks. Marks already talked to you about Prodigal. You have Wilmington Recovery. You have us with the launch pad. You have Davis at the uh, Roslyn Fleming, yeah. Fleming yeah. Home. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of resources. Show up. Show right, up. Uh, right. Don't uh, A New Year's resolution is coming up. Well, you know, try to get clean. All you have yeah. to do is try. Yeah. And we are people, people meaning we, people that have a history of uh, of substance use disorder. We are people that know how to try, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Happy New Year, everybody. And um, I look forward to seeing you somewhere on the path. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Wayne. And, you know, something that occurred to me when you were saying that, you know, 50% of it is showing up. A few weeks ago when we interviewed uh, John Clark, and it was funny, the other day I was in my truck, I'm listening to the station, and I'm hearing my show. I didn't know that they, they, they played the show sometimes during the week. I think that was because of the, the holiday break or whatever it was. Yeah, Joe's on vacation, so we decided to take the entire week and stack all of our local programming for those oh. three hours every hmm. day, Thursday, Friday, last week, and all of this week. Well, good. Tell them to stay on vacation. Do that a few more times. But, <laughs> but you know, what, what, I, what, it, what struck me was like, wow, this is good. You know, somebody in the recovery field, if you will, and, and I was like, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I was like, this is good stuff. But one thing that John pointed out, he said he tells people, you know, if they're, they're reaching out, they, they need some help, um, it's okay. You can still be using when you come in. He prefers that you don't come in, you know, trashed, of course, but don't, don't make you feel like, oh, I've got to be totally clean. That's like saying, you know, I have to be totally sinless to come to Christ. No, you don't. That's why he's there. That let him do that job. But you know, if you haven't made that commitment, you haven't stopped drinking or drugging or both. Give Wayne a call. Give me a call. Get all these resources in the town, and we we can help you. We can if you need detox, we can point you in that direction. Well, again, Wayne, thank you so much again for your time. Happy New Year, sir, to you and your family, and to everybody listening. And um, I know we're not going to be too sad to see 2020 go, but. Goodbye, 2020. See you, 2021. God bless, everybody. You're the god of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the lord of this nation. Darkness